Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. X don't give it to you. Fuck wait for you to get it on your own. X don't deliver to you. Knock, knock. Open up the door. It's real. With the non-stop pop up and stainless steel. Go hard getting busy with it. But I got such a good heart that I make a motherfucker wonder if you did. Damn right. Can I do it again? Cause I am like so I got to win. Break bread with the enemy. No matter how many cats I break bread with, I break who you sending me. You motherfuckers never want to know but your wife say. Bitch, and that's on a light day. I'm getting down. Your stare was holding. Red sheen skin was showing. Bitch, please. Cause the only thing you can't steal was Came out the plate, stay out my way, motherfucker. Frogs, do we gonna fall? Do we let it pop? Don't let it go. Hello and uh, Let's Mix Football. This is your host, Gabe Lezra. I'm joined by Evan Mateer, and it has been a very stressful day for both of us. Uh, this is this was Evan Real Madrid versus Spurs uh, first leg of this two leg matchup. Not exactly legs, but uh, yeah. So Champions League football. Something else. Dude, I, I feel like our friendship has just been waiting to culminate in this moment of finally, you know, Real Madrid and Spurs coming head to head. Like it was it was bound to happen one day. Um, and here we are. It was really exciting. Um, and I, I guess that, you know, every draw, you ask the question of who came away happier with the point, And I think it's perfectly obvious that it's me. Yeah, absolutely. And hell yeah, dude. I'm, I'm, I mean, look, obviously, like as a Madrid fan, like I'm kind of bummed by this result. But like. And we'll talk about it in a second, but like this is um this is cool for us. Like I'm I'm psyched to you know, for for this match. It was it was fun, it was tough, uh, but it was also like it was big, man, because it like and we'll talk about it in a second, but like generally the way everything shook out, it looks like both of our teams are progressing to the next round, which is awesome. So um and uh yeah, it was very cool. Uh and very cool that like all a lot of my friends, like not just you, but like on Twitter also are like big Spurs fans and a lot of people I follow. I don't know what that says about me or whatever, but like <laughs> <laughs> and it was cool to like finally be uh on the kind of other end of that and that was cool. I like that. Um all right, so we've got a big show. Um just us, you know, the classic. Um, I think we're going to try to bring Ernesto back uh, to talk about some of the newer FIFA allegations, some of the stuff going on in Spain. There's a lot of stuff to talk about with him. So we're going to try to bring him back um, next week, maybe, uh, or, or the week after. Um, but for now, it's just us. We have a bunch of shit to talk about. Uh, obviously, UCL, we've got some Europe, weekend Europe stuff to talk about, Evan. But um, also, and really the big news in MLS, and we're going to get to it, um, it's looking more and more like Tab Ramos is going to be the U.S. coach. And it also, um, the real big, the really big news is the breaking news about um, the owners of the Columbus crew thinking about moving the side to Austin, Texas, if they don't get a new taxpayer-funded stadium. So we're going to talk about that. We've got some bad takes. All of that and more today. Um, but let's, let's, uh, let's just jump in. I mean, I, I think the reason a lot of people are probably tuning in is they want to hear us talk about Spurs and Madrid. Um, yeah. So uh, I think kind of the story of this game was the, you know, the way that Spurs competed, like came to the Bernabeu and weren't, they weren't, you know, 
cowed. They weren't they weren't you know impressed by the by the atmosphere by the by the you know Champions League night in this historic stadium, and they they competed, ran their fucking asses off, and I think pulled out a well deserved point. Yeah, I mean, so like, the, I I was hoping with a lot of Spurs fans just to see Spurs compete, right? I I wanted them like I just didn't want them to get run off the pitch. Like they're going to the Bernabeu. This, you know, this Spurs team is young, and I think we've you know it's mentioned all the time, but at the same time, it's really easy to forget just how young they are and that they've been growing up together and really learning together, and they've been making a lot of different steps along the way, and. You know, last year they made the step of making it to the Champions League and they shat out of it. They were just fucking awful. Um, this year they made it back to the Champions League and I think we were all hoping for them to make the next step, which is to, you know, compete in the Champions League. And then we get drawn in this fucking group with Dortmund and Real Madrid and we're like, well, shit, you know, what can we really expect? Right. We hope we hope they put in good performances, but can you really expect them to do well in that group? Well, at the moment they're tied to lead that group. Right. And and then, you know, more specifically on the pitch today, they did not look like a team that didn't belong on the field in Madrid against Real Madrid. And that's just crazy exciting. Now, look, I think that Madrid was the better team today. I don't think that there's too much question that, you know, on balance, if there was a team that deserved the second goal to win the match, you know, probably more often than not, Madrid today would have gotten that. But Spurs made it hard. They made it really difficult. Lloris had great saves. They were really organized defensively. They hit really effectively on the counterattack. Kane didn't score, but he was really dangerous all day. Um, and so they looked like a team that gave Madrid problems. And that was more like you, you texted me a little before the game. That was basically Madrid's best 11. Um, mm -hmm. It was, you know, so it's really exciting to see Spurs step up and they didn't and, and not bow under pressure like they did against Dortmund last year in the Europa League, but really step up and put in a great performance against, I mean, the European champions in, in Madrid. It was just, it was really great to see. Yeah. And it, 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 it was very impressive. Uh, I thought given all that, that, um, you know, uh, so, and, and the big like slurping noise that you may have heard there was me taking a big drink from the, um, beautiful glass of scotch that I'm drinking. And I, I think that we're both, Drinking whiskey today, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, no, I'm I'm having some uh, some bullet rye, which I think has been a go-to of mine for a little while. It's just it's so good, good and it's like so twenty. It's like twenty-two dollars a bottle or something. Like I think it's the best value whiskey you can buy right it's now. It's really good. I'm drinking my birthday scotch um, that uh, my fiance Eleanor bought for me, which is an Octomore. It's a Petergeddon. Petergeddon. It's so good. It's so good, guys. It's so good. And uh, yeah, I, I figured we both needed it because. Uh, holy shit, was this game stressful? I mean, I I actually had a really good time watching, and I thought both teams. It was actually just really fun football, which is really what you're looking for. And it was fun partially because uh, Madrid, while having a lot of the possession and creating a lot of the chances, was very much looking like a team that could be beaten on the counterattack, which is, you know, all especially this season, but has has historically been a way to kind of attack this this setup that Zidane has done. And I mean, there, like, but for the grace of God, like Madrid didn't let in another couple goals because, um, I mean, Kaylor Navas had at least, I mean, the save that he had. So it was one one final. I don't know if we mentioned that, but it, the save that that Kaylor made in that second half, uh, Evan against Harry Kane, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like, it, it was outstanding. So, I mean, just to set it up, so um, Spurs played a really weird formation. They were kind of like in a, I don't know, it was like a three, the three at the back, and then a whole bunch of midfielders, then two that that were just moving everywhere, and I then heard two it, strikers. I heard it described as both a. 
five three two and a three five two. So, but, and, but that's well, essentially what that formation is. Is a it's yeah, like some it, combination of those two. Right, and it was flexible. They would they would drop into five or even six at the back sometimes um, when they were absorbing pressure, and then they would you know it would expand out into a three five two when they went went up. And well, and and one of the two strikers, so they played Fernando Lorente, who's not played a lot for Spurs yet this year. Um, but he put in a really good shift and, and on this one particular second half attack, he put Kane through on goal. Um, and Kane, Kane had the ball in his right foot. He's, you know, stronger on the right side and he, you know, kind of could look, uh, Navas in the eyes and, and take a shot. And Kane does not miss those chances very much. And he put a pretty wicked shot that was going to the bottom right corner. Like that's his favorite shot is to hit it low across the keeper. Um, and Navas, uh, you know, full stretch out to his left got just a fingertip on it and put it past the post. And that, you know, like I said, nine times out of 10 or against most keepers in the world, that's 2-1 right there. It's automatic. Right. And similarly, in and amazing, this, I mean, that really, Evan, this was a game that was defined by three, basically three players. It was got, um, Navas from Madrid, Yoris, I mean, who put in arguably that, the keeping save. performance of the year uh, that today. Save, that save against Benzema, that right. one that, and so on his, just off his left foot, up. Jesus. And the, well, right, the one off of Benzema's foot was a huge save, but then, like, Benzema and that, that you know, header. So basically there's a, there's, a, there's a moment in the match where I think it was minute 54 or whatever, where Casemiro found Benzema with two feet in front of Yuri's. It was nothing. And yeah. he puts a header uh, on goal that, you know, if he gets to the ball 90, 99 times out of 100, it wasn't even the Harry Kane 9 out of 10. This is a 99 times out of 100 goal because literally two feet in front of the keeper putting the ball down like you're going to score that shot most of the time uh, against any keeper. And this, Lloris made an incredible save slash, right? And this is the discussion in Madrid right now, slash Benzema put the ball a little too close to him. <laughs> and Well, we, I mean, we know that Benzema... Benzema- Benzema can't score a goal. He can't score a goal. Um, he can't score a goal. And, <laughs> so actually, Benzema had a lot of chances in this Benzema, match, too. So that was the third player. I thought it was defined by three players, the two keepers, obviously, uh, and then Karim Benzema, because the fact of the matter is, if he has an even, like, he has actually, you know, historically and statistically been an above-average finisher, and if he has even a slightly below-average game, like, he puts at least one of these balls into the net and it's a different conversation at least, but he didn't, he was quite bad and everyone. So one of the big narratives about Real Madrid has been that they can't score and they've been, they've been underperforming their expected goals as they did again. Uh, And part of that has been the fact that, you know, players like Benzema are missing these easy chances. Also, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo hit the woodwork in the first five minutes and then Benzema missed again, like from from basically point blank range with half the goal to score. So it was it was a a game where, you know, I think if you're a Madrid fan, you have to ask yourself a little bit about what Madrid's best lineup looks like if you need to start scoring and kind of get past the XG issues that, that Madrid has been having and whether Benzema is really the guy to keep rolling with on every match or whether maybe in a match like this, you have to think that someone like Asensio might've been better on at, off at least maybe starting or, you know, coming on way earlier. Uh, I thought at least so. Yeah, maybe I, I didn't, Asensio did not 
really impressed me when he did come on and maybe he just didn't have enough time to work. Um, but I, him and actually Isco didn't really impress me in this match too much. I thought that he would, I mean, he wasn't terrible by any means and he created chances, but, um, there were a few times where I just thought that he was working way too hard to try to get a shot off and either it didn't come off or it was an easy save for Larice. I, I don't know. I wasn't, I was, I was like, I thought Benzema was getting in really dangerous positions. And I think at a certain point, that's all you can ask of a striker. And Ronaldo yeah. was being Ronaldo and it was ridiculous. I mean, he, um, but, Ronaldo, this was, this was, interestingly, this was one of Ronaldo's best matches of the year uh, for most of us, like, professional Real Madrid commentators. Like, he was everywhere. He was constantly, you know, causing trouble. There was a moment in the second half of the match where Ronaldo grabbed the ball and dribbled five people and then shot. So it was vintage Ronaldo minus, <laughs> minus actually, the finishing, like, actually yeah. finishing. So... You know, that it's it's exactly the problem that's been dogging Madrid. I mean, if you look at the expected goals from this match, you I mean, most of the two the two expected goals calculations that I've seen, one of them was Madrid like two point eight seven and Spurs like point eight seven and the other one was like, you know, similar except for with uh, not counting the penalty as an expected goal. I don't really know. But it was about the same ratio and like the fact is that Madrid is simply underperforming their expected goals and then what that means is they're creating good chances and not putting them in the back of the net and that's that is infuriating (laughs) but it's also something that like it's a way better problem than teams that aren't creating lots of good chances you know and and it's the kind of thing that averages out with a good team over over the course of a season yeah and i mean that's the thing like i i firmly believe that it you know to a certain extent all you can do as a soccer team is create chances that's your job as an attack create chances and whether they get buried or not like in soccer there's just a huge amount of luck like so much of it happens so quickly you know do you hit the post it's a game of inches all these stupid cliches but it's absolutely true and you just have to rely that if you keep creating chances with these high quality players they're going to go in um and then but then there's also the fact that you when you play against world-class keepers right x x goal doesn't look quite the same because some of those chances that go in against most keepers don't go in against Hugo Lloris right Um, and, and they don't go in against Navas. And so, you know, that that's part of the game, too. The keeper is there to save goals. Right. Um, and Lloris took, you know, two goals at least off the board for Madrid today. Yeah, at least. Uh, there was, I mean, it, he was, he put on a master class and it, he showed why, you know, uh, of, of you know, all the players on, on Spurs roster. I mean, you know, the, this is a really well-constructed side, but I think you can make the, make the argument that Lloris is, actually the closest to being best in the world at his position like he no yeah is, he is absolutely class there's no you know and and you have to consider him and people have been underrating him for such a long time but you have to consider him in the in the conversation with uh courtois de Gea, navas you know and and all the other great keepers. I think you have no, a hundred percent. And actually, I was going to say something about that. Like, yeah, he, you know, he used to be mentioned in that conversation more. And I think kind of De Gea emerged, and you know, the conversation shifted a little bit. And and you know, next thing you know, when people start listing off the four or five best keepers in the world, they don't mention Ugo Lloris anymore. And that's it's ridiculous that they don't because he is absolutely amazing. He's a great stopper. He's also a great sweeper. Um, I'm perfectly fine with it because I don't want him to leave. And I remember, you know, two, three years ago, we were really worried he was going to leave imminently um, because he wanted, we all knew he wanted Champions League football. Now now he's getting it, right? I mean, now he's getting and going, taking a big draw out of the Bernabeu with Spurs. And I think that's got to make him just ecstatic. 
Um, but I mean, he's he's unbelievable, and there's a reason why you know Harry Kane's not the captain of the squad. Ugo Lloris is. Right. Um, he's older, he's more experienced, and he is like you said. He Harry Kane doesn't have a claim as great as he is to being the best striker in the world. Christian Eriksen doesn't have a claim to being the best attacking midfielder in the world. You know, these guys, they're good, they're young, they're improving. They're, you know, we can debate whether they're world-class or not. Hugo Lloris can can sit up there and say, you know, come at me. Yeah, yeah, and you can put, on his day, you put him against anyone out there. And his day was arguably today. I mean, like that reflex save from Benzema against Benzema with those, you know, inch like that, that, that back foot save. I, the only thing I've ever seen like that is a save from Casillas about, you know, 10 years ago and it was bananas and crazy. And we talk about it as one of the greatest saves ever made. And this is, you know, right there, like in, in my view, that was, it was incredible. I mean, like, and every time you have a great save, there's always a question about whether the player could do a little bit more, but like that doesn't take away from the greatness of the save. So I was also really impressed, I thought. So I texted you about this, uh, and we shouldn't probably spend the whole time talking about this match, but I, I texted you about this at the beginning of the game, um, and I thought it was really interesting to choose Fernando Llorente to, to start this match. Um, but then, I mean, watching what Pochettino had in mind for him, it was very clear to me that the move, and I think it was extremely successful, that his the idea there was to basically put him as a target man, but really as more of a decoy to let Harry Kane have a very much less encumbered role roaming yep. around the goal and attacking from various angles. And you saw that exactly uh, is what allowed for the, the setup to Spurs opening goal, I thought, which, I mean, it was, look, it was an own goal, but like you don't, and, 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 you know, and it was bad luck, blah, blah, blah. But you, you know, obviously what ended up happening was that Kane ended up with receiving a pass in a very dangerous location uh, and then trying something that didn't quite come off, but the ball smacking off of Haran's knee. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's a totally expected goal for me. Yeah, no. So first off, you there are some you know not own, all own goals are created equal. Some own goals are stupid, like the one that put the U.S. out of the fucking World Cup is stupid and never needs to happen. Some are forced, right? And I think that was kind of a forced own goal. You put the ball into a dangerous position. If you don't, if if I, I don't remember who the defender was on the goal, but um, was it Varane? Um, yeah, Varane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so yeah. if Varane, if Varane doesn't get a foot on that somewhere, right? Harry Kane's just going to clip that in the net. There's like no chance. So he's got to do something with it, and it's a really difficult touch for any defender to make. And so you know that's where you know putting dangerous balls into dangerous players creates own goals, and that you know that's great. And so I think that you absolutely should credit Spurs with that. And to your point on uh, Lorente, he was involved not only in that one goal, but also in two, uh, Spurs' other two great chances, right? He's the one who headed in the pass that put uh, Kane through on goal in the second half uh, that ended up being saved. And not long after that, he had a pass to uh, give Christian Eriksen a look on goal um, just just a little bit later. That also was a good save by Navas going to the right. Um so yeah, so Lorente, who we've not seen much for Spurs, actually put in you know put in three big passes that created the you know probably the three best chances Spurs had. I will also say um, one other thing, and I think that after this we should probably move on. Though I'm happy oh, I... to continue talking endlessly about this match, but uh, because we're going to have another match to talk about next week. Um, uh, actually, we are right. We are. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think we. No, we're I think on Wednesday. We... You know, we're not. Um, well, we'll just. How about yeah. this? We'll just record on Wednesday. Well, also, I, th I think Spurs play in t Madrid again in two weeks, and oh, so two I think. Weeks. They... Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yes, cool. two weeks. Well, whatever. I mean, okay. So 
what I another thing I wanted to mention was I was very impressed and very interested in I think that another thing the Orente selection did is is buying into this also. Spurs is actually quite a tall team when you have mm-hmm. all of, like Llorente, Kane, Vertonghen and kind of the, the, this 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 series of players who actually and it's it's as rare that this happens but actually out muscle Real Madrid in the air and one of the things that Madrid has done really well over the last few years is is acquire like tall players and and tall defenders uh and people who are just generally good in the air to come in and be a defensive bulwark against set pieces which used to be you know, a, a, a really dangerous pl- like place for Madrid. Like they used to get scored on, from set pieces all the time. They really don't anymore. And this was the first time in a long time that I've looked at this and felt that Madrid was maybe outgunned on, on set pieces. Not because, you know, Madrid might score themselves, but because on defense, you know, you, th- there was a moment when, first of all, there was a moment when Harry Kane was actually free and got a free header in the first 10, 15 minutes of that match. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just, he just put it. a beautiful save, right? Yeah, and, and that was, so kind of like the Benzema goal where people are saying that Benzema should have scored. If Kane puts that even six inches on either side of Navas, then there's no no chance of getting to it. Right. Um, it was just, it was, it was similar. It was just a little bit too close, which is, again, why people who are saying that Madrid absolutely deserved a win in this match are, are overstating the case just a little bit. Like Spurs fucking had chances that they didn't finish too. Yeah, and I, I don't, I actually have, well, I mean, I've seen some Madrid fans like, yelling about how Madrid needs to take their ch- I I mean like the idea that anyone in this match that was I thought very well fought and close and with a lot of you know heartburn on both sides like either team deserved to win I mean like yeah sure Madrid may have made more clear-cut chances but I don't think there was a deserved here anyways I think the point is that it was very impressive that it really did feel like every single set piece was kind of a test for Madrid in a way that really it hasn't been in a while because there's been a trend since the Pep era at Barcelona of getting smaller, technically gifted players, which has led to places like Barcelona actually being really vulnerable in the air. And Madrid has scored a number of corner kick and free kick goals against Barcelona, against a lot of teams. I mean, last season, constantly in Spain. So it it was interesting to see Madrid, and I think that the Llorente selection was part of this, um, play so equally, being be so equaled, or at least even surpassed in the air by Tottenham. Yeah, I mean, it was really good. And, and actually, I, I think that it's, you know, it wasn't just on set pieces, too. I mean, because um, I noticed this that uh, Madrid, for a large portion of the match, was just pumping crosses into the box, especially towards the end of the match, yeah. um, where, where Madrid was really kind of chasing a, chasing a win. Um, they were pumping crosses in, and, and Spurs were perfectly happy to just keep heading those home. Yeah, I mean, one of the things, and, and I, guess, I guess I should bring this up, but one of the things that I was noticing also was while you know, Madrid's stellar youth product, Ashraf Hakimi, I thought played a really solid match on the right back. I mean, he was, I did feel like he was very noticeably not as strong in the attacking third. I thought his crosses were quite off. And what we actually, Madrid's format asks the right and requires that the right back be able to, you know, get his ass down the line and cover a huge amount of distance while, also providing a huge amount on the offensive end. And I felt like Ashraf really, like, he may have been very good on defense. And I thought he actually did have a number of really impressive plays, but he just he just lacked it on offense. He just didn't have it. Like, the crosses were nowhere near where they needed to be. 
And with Carvajal, who, I mean, I think is definitely in that conversation of best right back in the world. Uh, it's just not like that. <laughs> Carvajal has absolutely, absolutely pinpoint crossing. Uh, and it was one of the things that, because I think that Pochettino's plan was also partially to say, we're going to allow Madrid to attack down the right. We're going to kind of crowd the left, which was, I think, very clear and very smart because Marcelo and Isco on the left are a much bigger threat than Ashraf or if Nacho, if he had started on the right. Um, but I felt like if, if Madrid had had a little bit better service from the right wing, it could have been a different game also. <laughs> and you notice that Casemiro's ball to Benzema, where he got on the end of it, actually was from the right also. It was annoying uh, thinking about all that. Yeah, so my, my kind of closing points on the match. So uh, I have two points to make before we move on. And you're right, we do have to because we've been on this for way too long. So the first yeah, off okay. is is <laughs> I, I have to petulantly say that Spurs should have fucking won this match because, God damn it, there was a fucking penalty on Lorente. Um, he was cut down in the box. It was an obvious foul. And big clubs never get those calls against them. If it was reversed, it's 100% a penalty. No question in my mind at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I... I uh... I saw it. I thought it was a possible. I, I mean, like, it's the kind of call that you see made and you don't yell about personally. But if you don't see it made, it's also like it wasn't like he was running, really, if that makes sense. Like he was kind of planted and custom. Yeah, he, was he's allowed. Like, he's no, no, allowed I, to be planted. I know. He's allowed I, I know. To stand there with the ball. You can't cut him down. It was I'm ridiculous. not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying that when, when you're thinking about it from a refereeing perspective, it's a lot easier to, to call a penalty on a player who's running and gets cut down. But look, I, I don't know. I I basically judge all penalty shots in Madrid this season has been absolutely fucked over over and over again by the refs in the Spanish league on this as basically can would would a would a regular like a, a replacement level referee make that call and then you <laughs> No, it was like and pen, then you make pen, the pen, penalties above replacement. Right, and then you make the decision like to be pissed off or not based on that and like that I think a replacement level referee could make that call, but I don't think they make it every time. So, and that's the kind of one that I get pissed off so, about more. So, so the question whether we pissed off or not takes me to my second point, which is that I. So I'm looking. I was looking through some pictures of you know of the match, and there's this post match picture of Danny Rose going up and hugging Ugo Lloris, and they've been on the same squad together for God knows how many years now. Harry Kane clapping to the away supporters, and in the same picture, Vertonghen giving Harry Winks, who had a great match for a freaking 21-year-old midfielder uh, supposed to keep Modric in his pocket and did a pretty damn good job of it. As, um, as the, well as you can. I thought Luca as was As well as you can. Good, yeah. No, Luca was good, but I mean, he did, I mean, like Harry, uh, Harry Wings put in a really good performance yeah, yeah, yeah. considering he's going up against. Like, you, you just look at this picture, you can just see the joy on the Spurs players' faces. And so, like, no, I'm not really that pissed off about the missed penalty call because this is still an amazing result. And this is the great... It's a great result for this team. They proved that they belong on the European level. They proved that they can go with the best team in Europe. They're excited. They took another step. They grew together as a team. And I'm just really excited to see where this goes as a Spurs fan um, in the uh, in the knockout rounds, which is like I think we have like a 96% chance uh, to advance the knockout rounds. But then again, the United States had a 97% chance of making the World Cup, and here we freaking are. Yeah, yeah, that is a... So like tough let's, reminder of that, but so, so Spurs should just you know beat Dortmund and Dortmund you know in Germany and right. be done with all of this and win the group. Let's win the group. Get a get a result at Apoel at least. <laughs> like that's <laughs> which, literally which that's it. That's all you need to do. That's Dortmund it. only 
barely managed a result. We didn't even talk about that. Dortmund drew at Boel. They couldn't even win, and they were losing no, for a bit. That's I tried to mention that at the beginning, like that Dortmund is a is a dumpster fire right now. They are they will be favored to win the Europa League when they inevitably land there. Um, so. I, I was interested just – and I, I guess we don't need to get too much more into this, but I, I was interested in um, – now, you know what? Fuck it. We don't need to go into this anymore because I actually mentioned it earlier. I, I had mentioned that I was um, interested in the way Spurs fans were reacting, but you know what? I, I think it's an interesting uh, – you know, what you just – like what you just said I think is very interesting just in that it's such a big deal, right, to watch these players – really grab a result and and take a you know take a big step together in a competition that over the last you know over and maybe maybe the issue is more like this specific squad that that Spurs fans are rightly really excited about uh hadn't performed at this level previously and like now or at least in Europe and now they are and now they have officially like this is it they've arrived they have performed the way that they did when they you know beat you know Chelsea or or United or whatever and or I mean fuck they were almost second so, in the Premier League two like last year so like or two years no, ago they were they were they were second last year they were almost second two years ago so Gabe, this is I, not I, so, a bad team right but no, I, a, I think it's a very good team so I think that this is like a long progression of thinking for Spurs fans so like you go back three four years ago you go back to the end of the Tim Sherwood era and like we like so AVB got fired because he was he got absolutely massacred by the sky uh, the other sky six teams right so he was getting massacred by Liverpool and just felt like we were stuck in that high mid table range where we could you know beat West Ham but we couldn't ever beat Liverpool or United or anybody we would and I remember this is when I started being a Spurs fan for some goddamn reason um (laughs) well we were like I would turn it on and we would be you know within 40 minutes be down four nil to liverpool and it was just awful and then we started taking the step to you know getting results and then beating these teams and now we beat the pants off these teams with some regularity like obviously we don't beat them all the time but we're competitive and people don't take us when you go like, into the match expecting to win every time you play these teams which is big that's that's exactly. big and, and- well, I'm and, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, sorry. I mean, the, like the Champions League, like getting to the Champions League was kind of the next step. And we went in last year and we were awful. We were so bad. Like we were we were the favorite to win our group last year. No, now, granted, Mon- Monaco turned out to be a lot better than anyone actually thought Monaco was going to be. And, you know, so that changes the prediction. But there's no reason we shouldn't have advanced out of that group. But we didn't. We were right. just terrible. And so this is kind of experiencing that progression all over again, but on a European stage where we went and kind of beat the pants off Dortmund um, at Wembley. And then we go to the Bernabeu where, you know, okay, Madrid hasn't lost in like eight years. And so we didn't beat them, but neither has anyone else for eight years in the Champions League. Um, (laughs) But we got a result, which no one's done in like two years in the Champions League. And that's That's freaking awesome. Yeah, it, it, it's no, it's, it's, it's huge. Uh, And it, it's definitely not something to fuck around with. And I was like, I, I, I don't think I really totally internalized that because for me, like, and I, and I, I know we've already discussed, so let's just pop past this after this. But for me, this was just like, yeah, man, like, of course, Spurs came in and gave us a game because like, this is, this is a real team that like anyone. So there was a report in Spain and, and it wasn't my bad take this week, but I was thinking about it, which was before this match talking about Spurs and about Harry Kane saying like, like Harry Kane 
uh, isn't a Galactico because he's only like been a pretty good striker for a mid-tier English team. And I was like, that's a fucking terrible take. Anyone who knows anything about England has knows a that Harry Kane has not been a mediocre like performer. <laughs> he's been arguably, if not certainly, the best striker in England. And he's not playing for a mid-tier English team anymore. Like that's not no, what Spurs the, are. The Sp- Spurs have been a title. They were the. There were two. You know, they were the other team in the title race the last two years. Not United. Not City. Uh, Chelsea one year, but you know, it's not not Liverpool, not Arsenal. It was Spurs who were right. in the title race the last two years, and the reason why they were there was because Harry Kane is amazing, and Harry Kane finds ways to score goals and. Look, and, you know, I actually I'm going to talk about the, that is he a Galacticos thing a little bit in my bad take. Nice. Um, right, cool. And so I'll talk more about that now later. We can move on from right. this because we've spent a lot of time on, on this game. I'm super into it, but let's just give a quick brush to all the other shit that went down today. Uh, City City got a hell of a game from Napoli. People didn't realize how good Napoli were last year when they drew Madrid in the first knockout round. Uh, and uh, Madrid managed to dispatch them, but not without some issues. Uh, and City took a two-one law, like two-one draw. Napoli arguably could have come come through with a draw against City, uh, with 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 um with some penalties like that they weren't called. But anyways, it was a very interesting game, and that's a very much tougher test for a City side that over the last couple of weeks has just been rampaging through their opponents. So obviously, Napoli bit bit of a bit of a different story. Um. Liverpool <laughs> scored seven goals against a team from somewhere I don't know. Maribor. I don't know where Maribor is. I didn't actually look it up either. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. Um, uh, Only as fast as I can Google it. And it, was, it turns out that is in shit I still don't know. <laughs> it was the largest away win by an English side in Champions it's League. In Slo- it's, it's in Slovenia. It's in Slovenia. I mean, it fine. is a be- it is a beautiful looking city. It does. Uh, I, I imagine. Um, and <laughs> I think the most interesting uh, result this week or today was Sevilla getting absolutely blown out by Spartak Moscow five to one. Uh, that is a shocking result. Sevilla is a very good team. I. Uh, that has played the big boys in Spain very close over the last couple of years. And, and it's a shocking result for today so, for them. And so I don't know what the fuck is going on. This is a very American thing to say, but like, it seems like freaking European soccer teams can't travel like at all. Like, Oh my, they start freaking out when they have to fly three hours to Moscow. <laughs> And it's like, you know, American teams do this all the time. They go East Coast to West Coast. And it's like a footnote, like, oh, yeah, it's hard to go East Coast to West Coast or West Coast to East Coast. But, like, they do it fucking a dozen times a year, depending on the sport. Like, they do it a bunch. Um, But, like, maybe it's that. I don't know. For some reason, European soccer teams just can't travel. Yeah, I mean, I think three hours in the air in Europe lands you in a different, quite a different place from three hours in the air in, in the United States. I think that's part of it. Like, going to Moscow from Seville is a very different proposition than going to uh, To like New York to LA. Right. Uh, It's just a totally different culture. You're going to get different crowds. You're going to get different referees. I mean, you're not, but you are right. Like I no, And you're totally right. I mean, like, especially in the champions league and especially the non elite teams, like, and even the elite teams, not that, especially the non elite teams, you really have a huge home field advantage. Like it's just, it's just huge. And the elite teams can almost always overcome it. But the, I mean, and I really did think Sevilla was better than this, but 
they they really couldn't. They couldn't deal with with Spartak, which is apparently a much better team than I thought going into this Champions League. Or they're not in Sevilla just laid an egg. Yeah, I don't really have any faith in Spartak. Yeah, I don't know why actually they would. good. Um, all right, let's jump forward, 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 always because we have a shitload of U.S. stuff to talk about today. Um, so. Just really quickly, let's recap some weekend results. The most important, most interesting game of the weekend by far was the Derby de la, de la uh, Madonnina in, uh, in Milan. Uh, really, really good match. I think everyone, if you, should, if you could just go watch that. It's, it's a crazy good match. Um, Inter Milan 3, AC Milan 2. Really good game. AC yeah, Milan they... still struggling, but man, was that fun to watch. I mean, so what? I mean... Cardi put in a hat trick right where he he clawed back an equalizer twice and then took the lead. It was it's um, just, so it's like incredible. a ridiculous individual effort from Cardi who's just really good. Yeah, he's the real deal, uh, and it, it's it's just gut wrenching for Milan because they really needed those points, and uh, they're in a know, bad way. They're, they're in a, a bad on the way. table. They're in a yeah. It's not good. They're. Uh, if they don't qualify for the Champions League, as James told us uh, a couple weeks ago, James Rushton, uh, he, you know, they they're going to be in real trouble financially, uh, and they are tenth tenth in the table now. Not helpful. Uh, and Icardi, you know, basically dug that hole for them today. I mean, like Inter, I don't think is actually a better side than Milan, but Icardi is better than anyone on Milan, other than maybe Donnarumma. I mean, well, Inter is second in the table, twenty-two points, and Milan is, you know, tenth in the table, twelve. So, like, right? Yeah, yikes! Yeah, and it's amazing how what's really interesting to me, Evan, and just really quickly, how the uh, Bonucci signing for for Milan has both, you know, not seemed to drastically help Milan as a defense, but also seems to have weakened Juve substantially. So. He's a really good player for Juve, and he comes to Milan and can't fix that defense himself. I uh, it, it, it's a it's a classic kind of moment where this kind of incredibly good player who's played forever in this particular system with these other players can't transition that well, and it's a fascinating development, and it really has fucked over Juve. They do not look as good. Yeah, and it's going to end with a private equity fund stripping a lot of all of its assets. Yeah, I'm excited for Madrid to buy Gianluigi Donnarumma next summer at like a third the value so that that private equity fund can recap some of their capital. <laughs> how how can I get in on loaning the private equity fund some money to load onto Milan? That's I know, what I right? That, that's what I want to do. <laughs> we just turn it around, baby. Get me that cash. I. Uh, yeah, they fucking suck. Fuck those guys. They uh, <laughs> they're the worst. Uh, okay, so uh, let's move quickly to England. Uh, you know, in Spain, obviously Madrid picked up a couple points on Barcelona after they Barcelona drew in Atletico at, at Madrid, uh, and Madrid won uh, against. Uh, Fuck me, I forgot which team team was Hitafe in Hitafe. So it was a good it was a good weekend for Madrid fans. Uh, Barcelona should have lost to Atleti, who played a better game. Anyways, um, moving to England, lots of interesting results. Obviously, huge, huge game, huge day for Pep, 7-2 uh, for City, big game. I mean, they've been running up the scores, like, all year, Evan. Since Stoke's not a bad side, like, and Stoke has been pretty stout um, defensively over the years. And so, yeah, I mean, Stoke's, a, like, a pretty solid mid-table 
side in the EPL and, and City just went and, and just land, just shellacked them. Um, and I don't I mean, I don't know exactly how much to read into that. We knew they were good and they're still good. And it's annoying. And De Bruyne was good. Yeah, De Bruyne is crazy good. Pep, I mean, it seems to finally be finding his rhythm. Although, again, like they they are very good. But I'm interested to see them prove it a little bit more against some of the elite in Europe before I really buy them as best best in Europe. Um Let's see. Other big results uh, over the weekend, I think. Obviously, Liverpool 0, United 0. Um, not so, much to so, say here other than Mourinho seemed to have figured out you know, his park-the-bus strategy. I, well, so here's the thing. But then Mourinho fucking complained about Liverpool's setup, saying that they were too negative for United to get a, to get a result. Like, he tried to deflect the fact that he did a classic Mourinho and just parked the bus to um to to frustrate Liverpool and and flip the script and be like no well they were negative um which made me hate Mourinho just a hair more yeah <laughs> I mean like this is a classic Mourinho man I mean like it just is and Liverpool it was really boring god it was boring <laughs> it's classic Mourinho man it just is he's a I mean he is a piece of work he just does this shit and I want leaves... him I want him out of the Premier League so badly I, am, I hate watching his am... teams Super duper excited for when he leaves this United for, team. An absolute shambles the way he does with every fucking team that he has. He just the U.S. should them. hire him. The, I was actually should, thinking about that. The U.S. men's national team should hire him. Be amazing. Yeah, and then United should hire fucking Klinsman. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see. Tot, you know, Spurs obviously won. Not really much to say about that, unless you want to talk more. Um, it was not impressive, but they won, so who cares? Yeah. So unlike. Two other big top teams, Watford two, Arsenal one. Hilarious. hilarious. That game was amazing. It was amazing because I turned it off actually and went and like I was I had watched a lot of soccer this weekend and I think it was a Sunday match. And so, you know, I kind of turned it off and went and did other things. Actually, you know what? I started watching Bundesliga soccer because I felt like Bundesliga I need to be, rules, dude. So yeah, I, I'm like I need to be watching more European soccer. I just watch English soccer too much, and so I was watching um, uh, Leipzig and no, first I was watching Dortmund and Leipzig. Then I was watching That's a good game too. I like that, and it was a really good game. Um, and so it was like, oh well, this is better than the Arsenal match. But then freaking <laughs> Watford came back and beat Arsenal. And it's amazing because Arsenal is a dumpster fire. They're so bad. Yo, it's so true. They're so bad. It's crazy. Um. The other real shocker, Crystal Palace 2, Chelsea 1. What the fuck? I have nothing to say on that match. I haven't actually watched any highlights or anything, but I can only imagine that it's a fluke. Yeah, it it, it is. I mean, it's got to be, right? Like, I don't really – I really don't. I don't know. I don't know what else I have to no, say. I have know? no idea what to say. I, like I said, I paid very little attention other than being very – like, it was going on at the same time as the Spurs match, so I didn't watch it, and I haven't gone out of my way to watch – Highlights of it, but um, lol, I guess. It's yeah, funny. I guess, right? Lol. <laughs> I mean, like, no, seriously. Uh, I also want to mention that now I've decided to become a Hertha Berlin fan after yeah. all of their players kneeled during Did they? the beginning. Yeah, they're mad. They actually, don't even play actually... the fucking anthem. It's so weird. I didn't actually see that. It is kind of weird. Um, I'm, but in, I I'm guess like, I'm into it. Like, it's cool. Like, whatever, it, right? Interest, interesting show of solidarity. Yeah, strange, but also pretty cool. I, I also really like Borussia Mönchengladbach. That's another team because they have a really cool uh, social media presence. All right. Oh, oh, I just want to ask, like, if anyone's listening, I am in the hunt <laughs> for a Bundesliga team. 
I'm trying to become a fan of a Bundesliga team. So here's the thing. I'd like to be a fan of Dortmund just because of Christian Pulisic. And like, it's not impossible. That's where I end up, but I'm not sure that's where I want to be. I also really like Leipzig, but their sponsor yeah, slash like yeah, it's in yeah, their yeah. name is freaking Red Bull. And I'm with you, Gabe. Like, I don't know if I can support any team that requires me to cite an energy drink every time. Uh, like, I'm not going to advertise for an energy drink every time I talk about my team. Yeah. Um, no, and so no I need way. help. I need help podcast world yeah help us out we help both we out. both sort of do i was like i'll be a hertha fan but like their 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 games aren't on tv really i i don't know i'm i'm really in the market also i like wolfsburg a lot actually evan it's um, got a great name they're currently my in fifa like in my yeah. fifa ultimate team they're currently the kid i use is wolfsburg yeah dude so that's that i think that might be where i land but i haven't decided yet so very open very 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 but open tweet shit, tweet so. tweet Tweet at Let's Fix, uh, uh, Let's Fix Football and um, and let us know who we should support exactly. in Bundesliga. Uh, exactly. All right. Um, so now to the uh, actual thing that we do that other people don't do as much. <laughs> Let's talk about the United States, my man. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole the whole so, reason we do this. You mean that? Yeah, that whole thing that differentiates. We call it differentiating. You know, disrupting uh, European football podcasts. Um, that's what we're doing right now. All right. Let's talk. Uh, the a little bit more fallout from the U.S. men's national team crashing out of the World Cup, uh, the men's World Cup. I think it's kind of funny to call it. Um, so there are two things. Uh, obviously, Bruce Arena has finally stepped down, which is hilarious because he didn't right away, which is really surprising, Evan. Like, I don't really understand why if you're going to step down two days later, you don't just fucking do it the day of. The way no, everyone yeah. wanted. There apparently was some kind of meeting like the day he stepped down. And I guess maybe that's where the decision was made. Like, bro, you got to go. And and I, I'm sure he didn't expect to hang on for long, but maybe he thought he would get a chance to kind of set up the future and, you know, hang on for a couple more months, which is completely absurd. There was like the question was always like how many people after the head coach are going. It was never like, oh, is Bruce Arena going? Right. Like, of course Bruce Arena's going. It's like, are we take, are we burning it all down or are we just burning some of it down? Right. Um, and you it, and I are on the record for burn it all down, but definitely we're at least burning down that. Yeah, dude, for sure. And especially because fucking uh, Sunil Gulati still hasn't resigned. And if, if he's not all going. reports he's, are, he's, yeah, he's going stick, to stick around. Yeah, yeah, we're not, look, I mean, so like, Nobody should confuse these institutions for democracies like the people with power here are the people with money and the people with money like Galati. And so he's going to stick around. This is um, FIFA 101. This is like the classic yeah, FIFA corruption. It. And there's just not much that any of us as just U.S. national team fans can do about it. We can like what? We can not watch games, I guess. But that's We're not, not even do that. Right. It's also yeah. dumb and counterproductive. So like so. There's, yeah, so we're kind of powerless. He's going to stick around because he's friends with Look, the guys with we who, can who pay the bills. loudly complain about it on social media. And as we all know, you know, posting is warfare. And so, like, posting is what everyone does anyway. So let's just post, man. Post all yeah, the man, time. Yeah, man, I will constantly be online and post. <laughs> continue, I will continue to tell Galati to delete his account. <laughs> Yeah, just keep owning Sunil Galati on all of his tweets and just tell him, like, Oh, like you think that? Oh well, delete your account. Uh, you know what? I think I want to set up a Twitter bot that just replies to all of his tweets just with one word: just resign. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, so in terms of the replacement for Arena, uh, it looks more like 
don't know. I, I know that we talked about it. I know that we said that Tab Ramos is like, okay, I, I'm becoming more and more like deciding that I, I just actually don't think that's true. Like, Look, I can't I was, deal I was, with this side continually not getting a real coach. Like, it's just such bullshit. Like, just find someone who's better, like, who's been a professional coach, who's been a paid coach in a top league. It's not, it cannot be that hard. So, okay, so first off, just to, you know, be clear, I was on, I was closer to the bad side than the good side with Tab Ramos, even like the last time we talked about, it. like I've not really been that, that interested in Tab Ramos, like, unless it was only for like a year and a half, like it was just to get us to like the gold cup or something. Um, you know, basically, oh, because we're promoting the entire U20 side, let's promote the U20 coach with them. Like, if that's what you're doing, then cool, because fire everybody and promote the U20 side. Um, long term, like, yeah, no, I want someone different. I want someone better. I want someone who has a proven track record right. in, you know, top-level competition. And uh, that's not Top Ramos. That's not anyone in MLS. And it certainly isn't freaking Big Sam Allardyce. Hell yeah, dude. Big Sam uh, has oh. made it very clear. Big Sam Allardyce, who's fucking garbage, has made it very clear that he's interested. It'd you know what? It's... You know why he's interested? Because he doesn't have a job. Yeah, you know why no he doesn't have a job? Because he sucks. Job. He fucking sucks. It's so funny. Like, I, I'm really excited. Like, if they give it to him, like, he's just going to bring back, like, Landon Donovan and be like, dude, you got to come back. You got to come back. He's going to start a bunch of veterans and not play any of the kids and do, like, these super horrible, like, park the bus tactical bullshit. And, like, it's going to be a fucking disaster and U.S. won't qualify for Cutter. <laughs> like, he's so bad. He's so fucking bad. Didn't Sam Allardyce last like three seconds as the uh, as the England coach coach last time time around? Yeah, yeah, he was only the England coach for sixty seven days. Yeah, he is the worst, dude. He's so bad, and it's just it's an embarrassment, and everyone hates him. Like that's the other thing. Like the <laughs> players all jerk. hate him. He's an asshole. He's both bad at soccer and is an asshole. So, he doesn't like, make any sense. He doesn't even have any real success in his past to point to. It's just, it's a fucking disaster. It's like, I, <laughs> I I can imagine, I mean, look, I think Tab Ramos is probably a better choice than Big Sam. Like, I just, I can't. He and he's also, he's also who we're getting. So, like, we just need to make peace with the fact that, like, that's who's, who it's going to be. Just give it to Tata. Like, is it so hard? I just don't. Ugh. All right. Yeah, I know. I know. But, like, it, the obvious choice is Tata. Like, if you're going to do a connection to the United States and not bring in a, you know, I don't think Fabio Capello has a job. I don't think so, right? And he's the real deal. Ancelotti. Yeah, that dude. Ancelotti doesn't have a job. He's not going to come. Well, here's the thing. We keep so people like to talk about how desirable or great a job the U.S. job is. The the U.S. coaching job is like, oh, it's a very desirable job. It's such a big market, high profile. Like, if it is, then why aren't we getting better coaching? Like, if that's true, Ancelotti should be at least thinking about it, right? Well, and that that means one of two things. Either that's not true, which is probably more likely. It's really not that. Like, everyone looks at the talent pool and like, nah, I'd rather not do that. Or it is true, and U.S. soccer is just even worse managed than we thought it is because they're not reaching out to these people who otherwise might take this apparently great job. Exactly. All right, let's move on. Um, so there is some MLS news. Uh, quickly, it's playoff time. Uh, a lot of the clubs that we already mentioned are there. We'll, we'll be tracking that, obviously, and our, our game of the week is going to be MLS playoffs when it, when it begins. Um, but I think the really big MLS news, Evan, and it's, it's a classic American story, 
it broke last night on Twitter. Um, Columbus Crew, the Columbus Crew's owner, uh, who's relatively new and recently bought the team, is demanding that the city of Columbus uh, pay for a new stadium for the crew uh, or he will move them to Austin, Texas. Uh, it's it's a huge, huge development. It is Columbus Crew is the oldest team in MLS. It was the first MLS team. Uh, it, it is it is really brutal for the for for this league that this is already happening. It's also the kind of classic American sports story that uh, happens from time to time. So let's let's chat about this really quickly. So okay, so I have like my my big take on this is that. The stadium threat on its own is a very classic American story. And who knows if he's just doing this to like try to get a new stadium or what. My other take is like the move to Austin would make sense absent the stadium thing. Like he's not drawing a lot of fans in Columbus and they've not excited. Like they have us, they already have a soccer specific stadium there. Um, it's just kind of old. It was the first soccer specific stadium in MLS actually. Um, but they're 20th out of 22nd or 22 teams in attendance. They're not, you know, so they're not drawing. And a t- I feel like a city like Austin, Texas is 100% the type of city that probably could get pretty excited about a, um, about a soccer team. It's another college town. It's young, strong Hispanic population that would probably get into it. And so, like, it might make sense in the abstract to move Columbus to, uh, to Austin. But on the other hand, if this is just, you know, another – chapter in the saga that is trying to extort taxpayer money into private enterprises by sports teams in America, then that really sucks because it's not, I mean, it's just not great. And there's, I, I mean, we could talk for an hour about all the, the different angles about taxpayer spending on stadiums and how it sucks, but also there's not a really easy solution to it because there's kind of a collective action problem of some other city is willing to pay if you're not willing to pay. Yeah, no, of course, of course that is. And, and it's just part of the American culture. And what really bums me out is that I actually like, I know a lot of people in Columbus who are crew fans and, and you know, it's, it's a heartbreaking thing to lose a team. And like, I, I don't know. I, you know, maybe it is better, but like really is another team in Texas really what we need? We already have, you know, FC Dallas and, and Houston, right? And like so, maybe but on it the other, is, but, but on, you know. You know, on the other hand, the South and I think Texas in particular, are they're the type of markets that we can expect soccer to be growing instead of just kind of flatlining. And, you know, I don't know. I'm not looking at market research about Columbus and right. whether or not soccer is growing there. But a place where I know it's growing is the South. And I know it's growing in the Southwest, in Texas, in places like that. And so, you know, if we just want to have an abstract economic argument about you know, where, where is there a better future for a team? It's possible that in a vacuum, Austin's that place. Right. But that does not mean move to Austin. Right. That exactly. might mean ex- that maybe that means expand to Austin. Just like there should mean- be an expansion team in Miami where there obviously should be. You know, yeah, exactly. should be right. And the Austin might very well be another one of these like San Diego already has. I mean, it's just, it's the kind of like, absolutely the South is, but we've also seen, you know, and, and it's interesting, right? Like I was in Columbus to watch Real Madrid play at PSG and that stadium was packed. So, and, and it was not the crew stadium. It was the Ohio state stadium. So like that yeah. was a hundred thousand people went to that match. So I think there is certainly a market for soccer in Columbus and there's one, it's a market that has made the crew a profitable and, you know, championship winning side yeah. Look, previously. I, I, so like, it's a little annoying that, that, that this is happening to, uh, you know, to a side that I know, but also like, 
it's annoying that uh, that that this isn't this is a, t- a case of relocating and not like maybe we should expand in Austin, which I think you're totally right. And and personally, I think Austin's a great city for soccer. It's it's you know it's got a huge number of you know like college students that that have relocated who you know and international people, and also like it's in the it's in Texas, which has a huge percentage of like recent Mexican immigrants. So like it makes a lot of sense that Austin's a good market, right? I just <laughs> like, I don't. I, think they need to relocate Columbus there, you know? I always, whenever these stories happen in any sport, I always hope that the team ends up staying. Like, I don't want teams to move. It's painful. It it embitters people. It embitters an entire market towards a sport, which I don't think the MLS can necessarily afford. Right. Um, and it might be more than just Columbus that's pissed off. It might be like a lot of people in the Midwest might be pissed off that you're ripping a team off. And, and, and to the extent that the South is growing, you also don't want to become a regional exactly. sport, kind of like, like the, you know, kind of like, ho- like hockey is with the Midwest and the Northeast, right? It's very regional. No one watches anywhere else. No one cares. You don't want to be, you don't want to make MLS a Southern Southwestern um, regional sport. So exactly. um, like, I hope Columbus figures it out. And if they really want a team in Austin, I hope that they just, you know, expand Get a team in Austin. Right. Exactly. All right. Um, let's do some bad takes. So some start. bad takes. Um, so you you were uh, talking a little bit about Harry Kane uh, not or being a Galactico. Yeah. So like, look. So you know, this one article is on ESPN, but I my bad take it. It's like the it's the entire press coverage of Harry Kane leading up to the match day against Real Madrid. Yeah. It was Hell just yeah. all all atrocious. So it bad. was atrocious <laughs> from so many angles. So okay. So first, there's all of the you know, the completely not surprising at all rumors that Real Madrid is planning a swoop for Harry Kane, 150 oh, yeah, million pounds. Like it's all oh, the yes, British su- press, dude, that's so good. <laughs> su- su- suddenly the second that Harry Kane is going to play Real Madrid, that's the moment that Real Madrid decided, yes, now we're going to buy Harry Kane. We now realize that he's good now that he's coming to play up. <laughs> we watched the scouting tapes and Harry Kane is good. We'd never heard of this kid before, but here he is. He's good. We're going to buy him. <laughs> And it's all so stupid. It's just obviously playing on the fact there's going to be a match to get clicks because people so are, you know, they see, they see, and like they're Googling it at the moment. And so that's awful. And then there's the way the Spanish press was covering oh, Harry Kane showing up, which is like, is, is Harry Kane good enough to be a Galacticos? Is he really world class or is he, you know, uh, or is he, you know, just like you said in this article, just like a mid-tier, um, you know, mid-tier English or a good striker on a mid-tier English team? And it's all Hell just yeah, – Hell yeah, it's, it's like, so good. This guy <laughs> I love has, it. This guy has been dominating the Premier League now for, for the third – for three straight seasons. He's like – he's had to overcome this whole one – one season wonder thing in England. He just he just put a you know freaking hat trick past or he had what two <laughs> two goals or three goals against Dortmund. Um, like he's done everything you could possibly ask a guy to do. Um, and and this whole conversation is like, is he good enough for Real Madrid? <laughs> um, it's so ridiculous. It's just so out there. Um, and I, I I don't know. I just was reading these reports and I couldn't. I just couldn't stand it. It's yeah. it's it's. it's I, I don't even know terrible. what to make with it. It's. it's it almost seems pro forma. It's kind of disrespectful, but also who really cares? Right. And it's amazing. I mean, to me, it's amazing how this shit is so aggressively, you know, like 
aggressively lowest common denominator. Like, you know exactly, like, we can all guess what the fucking headlines are going to be anytime any team from, you know, a big buying club plays uh, any team with another big player. Like, I guarantee you, if Madrid played Manchester City, they would talk about fucking Kevin De Bruyne, maybe Madrid sweeping for him or sweeping for Aguero or whatever, right? Like, it's always the same bullshit. And it's just amazingly predictable and of course the spanish press in their classic i mean like they have a fucking documented history of being fucking horribly xenophobic about english players like they just detest gareth bale who is absolutely world-class and a wonderfully good player right like this isn't a fake thing so I happen to think that Harry Kane will never play for Madrid. And, and the reason I think that is because Madrid is or Harry Kane is not he's not an idiot, right? He's gonna look at how Gareth Bale was treated in Madrid. He's he knows that. He has he knows Gareth Bale. I'm sure that Harry Kane has met Gareth Bale before uh because of the Spurs connection. And it's not gonna pass lightly on Harry Kane that, oh, I can go to Madrid and they're gonna treat me like garbage because I don't know Spanish. And I'm and Harry Kane's gonna have it even worse because what a lot of what the Spanish press was talking about in the is he a Galacticos uh media coverage basically comes down to the fact that like Harry Kane's not a flair player. Yeah. Um he is not a sexy striker. He is about position and spacing and hard work, and he finds himself in the right place at the right time, and he finishes. But he doesn't dribble half the team and then put a 45-yard, you know, screamer past the keeper. That's just not—it's not what Harry Kane is. Right. And he when is he does dribble, Van he Nistaroy, looks like— not Ronaldo. He is— Yeah, like he—his—his— his, his, Really you know, good, though. His dribbling style is drunken monkey. Like, he looks ridiculous. <laughs> He's halfway falling over most of the time. Um, and so, like, he would get— owned even worse by the Spanish press and by Spanish fans yeah, than Gareth Bale has. And like, I just think that that is there's, you would be crazy if you're Harry Kane and you, he, who, who can move to basically any team in the world if he wants to, yeah, dude, no you'd be insane to go to Madrid. I totally agree. I think of all the current Spurs players, I think the most likely is Delhi. And, and, right. even, and he is a, he is a flair. He player. absolutely is. He's the, you know, you saw that volley goal like a couple seasons ago. I mean, like the dude's crazy good. He's also a classic Madrid player where you can kind of move him between different positions. Like if, if Madrid is going to swoop for anyone, he's the guy that's very clear they're going to go for. I also think uh, at the beginning of this match, I thought maybe Christian Eriksen would be a, a future candidate. I, again, I don't like, I don't think Tottenham necessarily is a selling club, for example. So like, I don't think that they need to sell any of these players to Madrid, but it's also like if Madrid comes and the player starts agitating, it's hard not to like eventually make a deal. But like, I actually think that Eriksen, who and we didn't really talk about this. I thought he did not have a very good game. Oh, he had a he had right? a rough match. So now, that actually tough... could be good uh, yeah. in the future for for Madrid, like him in terms of like whether he's going to go to Madrid, uh, just because I, like it's just yeah he was there and Florentino was obviously watching him. I've always been a little more worried about Barcelona with. Um... He's with also Erickson. said that basically. He said that there's been more smoke there, and also he, you know, just the w- type of player he is, the type of you know passing attacking midfielder that he is, seems to slot into the Barcelona system pretty well. And so I've always been more worried about Barcelona with Erickson, but you're right, he kind of he did not have a great match. I, it was a tough position yeah. for him um, to to not really get a lot. He did he did not have a lot of space to operate. They closed down on him really quickly. I and, think that that was the game plan too from Zidane, like. And and that was a smart game plan. Like he is a lot, you know, has been a lot of Toronto or, <laughs> to uh, Tottenham's like 
uh, attacking and, and really creative flair has been through Erickson, especially with people like Sun coming off the bench. But, like, you know, it, was, it, it definitely was the – but he also didn't, like, you know, stand out when closed down by players like Casemiro. Uh, all right. So uh, my bad take is fucking awesome. I'm super into it uh, because – it's um the kind of bad take that like as soon as I read it you're gonna laugh because of course it's true. So it's Big Sam. Big Sam is the man, and uh, Big Sam has a very foolproof way to stop Real Madrid. Are you ready for this? Uh, I'm I'm very excited. I yeah. I think that I don't know. So you being a Madrid fan, I don't know. Is it very smart for you to give out this kind of intel on just kind of an open forum? Well, I was gonna say I hope Pochettino isn't. Li- no, I hope he is. Pochettino, if you're listening, man, I love you. You actually rule. So um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, uh, Big Sam, man, here he is. Uh, in order to stop Madrid, you have to try to stop. Ready? Cross, Ka- Casemiro, Modric in the middle of the park, and Isco. So, so the, the best way to stop Real Madrid is to stop their entire midfield. If the whole midfield, goal. like the entire if you just, midfield, then you're going to shut them down. Right. Wrong. So if you stop, if you stop the whole midfield <laughs> and you just win the ball at midfield, then the attacker in the attacking third could never score. Yes. Right. You are this correct. Is, Sam this Allardyce. is so fucking good. I didn't realize it until just now, Evan, but I think Sam Allardyce is like the commentating English version of John, John Madden. Madden. Oh my God. Right? Amazing. Like fucking like, <laughs> The best way, uh, if you're going to win the game, you need to score more points and get more touchdowns than the other team. It's like, yeah, man, that's basically yeah. right. <laughs> so what, like, what, what you need to do to stop Ronaldo from, from beating you is make sure he doesn't score any goals. It's huge. And, and, and if, what and they've got to do in this situation is prevent anyone from passing it to him. Right. If he never has the ball, then he can never score any goals. So, you know, just whatever you need to do to stop him from getting the ball, then uh, – then that's what you do. Is it stupid that I read it in the fucking Donald Trump voice? I was like, look, folks, uh, it's uh, pretty simple. You just got to, it's going to be really easy. We're going to do it great. It's going to be huge. We're going to stop Ronaldo from getting any passes from anyone in the Real Madrid midfield. Folks, it's going to be great. You're going to see. I promise it's going to be great. I just I just imagine like someone like in the meeting room, like, so you're getting ready, you're back from international break, you, you, you're getting ready for the midweek Madrid match and they get down there, like they hand out a paper that says game plan. <laughs> it just says, <laughs> okay, here's what, here's what we're going to do. We just have to stop everybody. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And like, and you don't even like say anything else. Like everyone, look, this is the move, man. You just got to shut down absolutely their entire midfield and make it's sure like, they don't pass the ball to the wings or give Ronaldo like, the ball ever. It's like on a postcard and it just has a bunch of X's over all of the players faces who are in the midfield. Like, look, it's, it's, it's totally okay. If Rafael Varane beats us, that's like, that's the player. Everyone else though, you got to shut them down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was so good. I'm so glad that I found this. Like I was, I wasn't, it wasn't like a paucity of good takes today, but bad takes today. But like this one is really, it's really a different level of bad take just because like, it's the kind of shit that absolutely means it's totally meaningless because if you just list like, Hey man, like, you know how you want, like how to, to, to stop Barcelona uh, from winning is to prevent, like their entire midfield from ever passing Messi the ball. You know, you know what's funny, Gabe, is it's also kind of not true because we saw today times where Ronaldo dropped back into midfield, picked up the ball, dribbled half the yeah. team, and still got a shot off. 
uh, without any help from anybody. So it's also <laughs> com- it's completely untrue in that, that, that that's going to completely stop Ronaldo because he'll get frustrated uh, with his service and just go fucking get the ball. Yeah, right. That's actually that's a really good point. Like, it's just not even the best way to deal with it. Like. <laughs> Uh, anyways, all right. Well, that's your um, Let's Fix Football this week. We will be back uh, next next week to talk um, a little bit more about the league, jump a little bit more into some MLS playoff stuff. Uh, we're going to try to bring back Ernesto for the next show. I think that'd be awesome um, because there have been uh, a number of big revelations, including, uh, I think we didn't mention this, but the PSG chairman, uh, president guy has been uh, d- the Swiss and uh, officials have investigate are beginning to investigation of him for bribery and corruption uh, in connection with some payments to FIFA, which, you know, look, of course the dude made, but I think the question that we're going to ask Ernesto and get into a little bit is whether there's any chance that anything actually happens. And my, my gut feeling, and if you know anything about FIFA is that no, of course it's not going to happen, especially not with the Swiss who don't give two shits about any of this. Um, maybe, maybe, Maybe. Maybe something good will happen once ever. Um, but yeah, until then, um, it's been a great time talking to you, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, it was good stuff. Talk to you next week. Grafton Street in November, we trip lightly along the ledge of a deep ravine where can be. The worth of passion's pledge The queen of hearts still making tarts And I'm not making hay Oh, I loved too much And by such, by such is happiness thrown away. I gave her gifts of the mind. I gave her the secret sign that's known to the artists who have True gods of sound and stone And word and tint without stint I gave her poems to say With her own name there And her own dark hair Like On a quiet street Where old ghosts meet I see her walking now Away from me so hurriedly My reason must allow That I
a creature made of clay. When the angel woos, the clay he'd lose his wings at the dawn.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.